Welcome to Uncommon Real Estate, where it's all about finding creative solutions for real estate agents and investors. In exclusive mastermind conversations with some of the brightest minds in real estate, you'll learn how to earn an extra six figures a year. Don't follow the herd. Be uncommon. Here are your hosts, multi-millionaire real estate agent and investor, Chris Craddock and Jeff Safright. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Un the Uncommon Real Estate Podcast. Uh, this is your host, Chris Craddock. And we are continuing to talk to uh, real estate agents that want to live beyond their next transaction, people that are learning to build wealth. Wealth is when your money works harder than you work. And how do we do that? We are bringing you a great guest today who's going to share with us some of the ways that she has uh, grown beyond the next transaction. So with that said, Farah, please tell us a little bit about yourself before we jump into the meat of it. Thank you, Chris, for having me. So, um, yes, my name is Farah Ali, and, um, you know, my career has always been in insurance and the underwriting realm. Uh, I've been doing that for the past 20 years or so. And then, um, you know, there are some circumstances that came about and um, which got me into real estate investing. So um, graduated from um, Northern University in Chicago, got my MBA from there, um, uh, raised uh, in Chicago area, been pretty much here all my life. I've got two kids, uh, both boys. Um, so it's kind of a little bit about me. Excellent. Excellent. Um, so, uh, so tell us, uh, where do you live? Where, like, just tell us a little bit about yourself on that front. Yeah, I'm actually right now um, living in the Chicago suburbs. Okay. Um, yeah, pretty much been in this area all my life. Cool, cool, cool. Got a very close friend of mine that does a lot of wholesaling, fix and flip and uh, stuff right out, out where you are. So, okay. um, so you focused on real estate investing. Tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about what that looks like. How did you get started? Like what, what area and aspect of investing do you, are you in? Right. So um, the reason why I got into real estate investing is because uh, back in 2011, 2009, actually, I got separated and I got separated in a way where I couldn't tell him I was going to leave. So I had to, um, sorry, my phone. Um, I had to uh, kind of walk away with my two kids with nothing. So I walked, I rented a house, which was a couple miles away into a completely empty house. Um, and I had a, I had a job that was good for the day-to-day -day expenses, but I knew I wasn't going to get child support for, you know, the next, how many, how many years, because he didn't have a job. So I was like, okay, how do I take care of myself and these two kids all by myself? So what happened was I started researching online and building wealth, everything kind of geared towards real estate. So I'm like, okay, let me give this a shot. And, uh, so I ended up going to a local meetup where they do investing. And from there, I ended up taking a course, um, went to a seminar, took a course. And within a month of joining that program, I got my very first rental. So it was really exciting. And then from there, my second property, I think the first one was beginner's luck because, you know, usually you don't find a property when you're brand new to investing and you have no experience at all. But my second one actually took me nine months to find my second one. And then once I found my second one, I just got really good at finding property. So I just scaled up. Um, and today I own uh, 41 rentals. Um, I also am investing in Florida now. I have bought seven lots 
um, where I'm going to be building new construction duplexes and triplexes in Southwest Florida. So that's kind of like my next um, adventure, I guess, in real estate. That's awesome. So 41 rentals. Now, how um, are you purchasing with your own money? Are you purchasing in like a burr or using like, how are you handling your rental properties? How are you acquiring them? So a couple of them, I've had hard money, but uh, the 90% of them are all through private money lenders. So I joined, I'm, I belong to a big network in Chicago of um, people who are investors as well as lenders. So they borrow money, 100% purchase and 100% rehab uh, to investors, as long as the numbers make sense. Right. And then what I do is then I fix it up and appraises for a lot higher and use a burr method and refinance and pull all my money out. So far, I've been able to pull all my money out in the majority of my transactions, which has been really great. So let's talk. So first of all, I want to just speak this, the real estate agent. <clears throat> One of the phrases I heard is every great deal that hits the MLS has slipped through the fingers of a real estate agent first. So I would just say this, everybody listening should definitely 100% evaluate every property that you're about to put on the market to say, should I buy this? That should be the first question that every single person asks. And if you're a real estate agent, the cool thing is if there's a 6% commission on it, you could raise it to a nine, like keep the net to the seller the same, raise it to a 9% commission. And there you go. You've got like half of your down payment already set up. Or if you're using hard money or whatever, you're, you know, you've got uh, a, a big massive amount right there, ready to rock for you. Um, so with that said, um, tell me this. So I've got a lot of friends that do a lot of rentals in the burr, <coughs> in the burr method, right? So at the beginning, I know that they've, they don't make a ton of cash because of the fact that most of the equity is, is cashed out and you're not cash flowing, but it, it is building equity. It's, it's, you know, all the tax benefits and everything else. How long did it take before, uh, before enough cash was coming out of the properties when you were taking, you know, all the equity back out of it that you could, you know, live on that in a fairly good way. Does that make sense? The question? Yeah, that makes sense. So, um, that's actually a good question. So each one of my properties averages net 500 per month cash flow. Um, and so my goal originally was to have 25 properties. Um, because for me comfortably to live off of and be able to retire from my corporate job, I was thinking I need about $12,000 net, give or take. Um, so once I reached that goal of 25, I realized, well, I can't stop here. I'm getting good at this. So I just continued to keep going. Um, but yeah, 500 per month, uh, net cash flow every month. It kind of depends on, you know, what your spend is every month. For me, some people can live off of 5,000, some people are 10,000, some people 20,000, so it just kind of depends on that. For me, I actually um, retired from my corporate job in January of this year completely. Like I went from full-time to part-time, but this year is when I retired completely because I hit 20,000 upwards of net cash flow every month and I felt very comfortable um, being able to retire from corporate with that cash flow. Great. So you're even after the burr, you're you're still netting um, five hundred a month. Yes, because you know what we buy. Um, I buy my properties at the right price, so I'm buying them distressed. I'm not buying anything retail. 
I'm buying them distressed to the point where I know that I'm going to have 25 to 30% equity in each deal after I put, after all costs, which is rehab, financing, all of that. That's why I'm able to um, get about 500 net per cash flow. Okay. So here's the other question. Um, you know, I know that when you buy rental properties, you can buy for two, two reasons. You can, well, hopefully they'll, they'll cross paths a little bit, but um, some people will buy more for an equity pay down. Some will buy for, for cash flow. And for those that are listening, cash flow, that's taxable money. Equity is not taxable. You can refinance out and take, take that money non, non-taxable. Where, where I live, um, just to give an example, like say Arlington or Fairfax County, you're really not going to get much cash flow, but you're going to have massive principal pay down every single month. Um, what, what makes, so for me personally, my businesses take out a lot of cash flow. So I prefer massive equity pay down um, rather than cash flow. That's not, that's taxable um, just because I'm always working on my tax, <laughs> you know, the, the oh, way yeah. the taxes are done. What makes, you know, somebody decide it's better to, to go for, for cash flow versus like a, a, an equity play on, on properties? I think it just dep- depends on your style of investing. For me, I have to hit both. So if I'm not hitting at least $400 a month net cash flow and 25 to 30% equity, I don't do that deal at all. Um, I think that's the most conservative and safest way that that that's why even when the interest rates, I mean, so I have 30 years locked interest rates on all my deals right now that I have going on. But um, even with things fluctuating, even if the market tanks 10, 15%, I'm not affected because we're locked into interest rates. Um, and then with the taxes going up and down, you know, I always appeal them as well as there's, if the taxes are going up, I can always increase rent. So that's my personal criteria, $400 net cash flow, 25 to 30% equity. Otherwise I do not purchase property. Right. right. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, so what is the average price point of the, the properties you purchase? Um, normally it's between... Fifty to one hundred twenty thousand dollars is my purchase price. Yeah, and then let's just say a property was a hundred grand. Um, I'll buy it for a hundred. I I will put about twenty. Let's just say twenty thousand into it. Um, it should appraise for one sixty. So that's kind of like the way that that I operate. That way I can take my hundred thousand that I bought it for, the twenty thousand that I spent in rehab that I borrowed, um, and refi it and pay that lender back the hundred and twenty that I borrowed from them. So I don't have really any cash of my own. Right. So in the DC area, it's a lot harder to do that. And, and that gets back to kind of what I was talking about, like as far as the equity play. So on a on a hundred thousand dollar property that buy it, you know, like let's say 30% equity, you know, that you've got a thirty thousand dollar play, but even when it's all paid off, you've got like a hundred thousand dollar, you know, asset versus mm-hmm. like a six, seven hundred thousand, eight hundred thousand dollar asset where maybe you're not cash flowing, but when it's all paid off, you've got a, a pretty massive asset um, on there. And so I, I would just say that's one of those things that people have to wrestle with. Like, what are you looking for building big equity or building cash flow? Because the, the reality is like, if, if you buy an eight hundred thousand dollar property, maybe you're maybe you're not actually cash flowing an extra however much like you know, $400 a month, but you are 
growing equity at like, you know, $800, $1,000 a month, whatever it is. So, so that's like the play that, that people need to be looking at. And I guess the question that um, I would say is, so you're saying you're, you're seeing an average of $500 a month. You were saying you were reverse engineering your life saying, Hey, this is what I needed to get to so that I could retire and just continue to build my portfolio. Um, how did you get uh, the capital to do your first deal? Like, uh, I got it from a private money lender. So the private money lenders that are that I work with, they um, look at the deal and see if it makes sense numbers wise. And if it does, they gave me 100% of the purchase. So my very first deal I bought for $75,000. Um, and I put about 20,000 into it. So they gave me 100% of purchase and 100% of rehab. Because if you remember, I didn't have any money I, um, when I first started, right? So um, you know, I just happened to, I guess, luck out and, and uh, get this great deal where I found a lender who would, who would give me a hundred percent financing. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And did you, you kept your first deal? You didn't cash out. So you were working your other job at the time, right? Yeah. Yeah. I worked my other job until earlier this year, in January of this year. So yes, I always, my mentor always said, keep your full-time job build your portfolio to the point where you have enough income to replace your corporate, then you decide what to do. Because a lot of times people get really excited and they get their first or second deal and they're like, I'm going to do this full time and they quit. Right. And the thing is that that's not a safe, we like to be safe and conservative. So we're like, build it up on the side because there's no reason why you can't, you can always build your portfolio on the side while you work and then figure out what you want to do at that point. Right. So you said mentor. You said how did you how did you find your mentor? Is that a coach? Is it a paid coach? Is it somebody you just called and said, "Hey, will you give me some advice?" Uh, so my mentor is actually in the Chicago area, um, but they do do um, meetings, you know, nationwide. So I ended up uh, going to this local seminar, and I really, really, um, you know, enjoyed the seminar. And I knew he knew what he was talking about. Um, and they had like, you know, actual real properties that they had addresses of that anyone could verify. Cause I'm usually, usually very skeptical, you know, and yes, it was a paid program. Um, just like a lot of them are out there. Um, but it was definitely well worth it. Uh, because, you know, I wouldn't be here today if I didn't learn real estate. Um, and from him, and I know a lot of times people may take, you know, a certain amount of years or a lot of experience to get to where I am, but, you know, I was able to kind of accomplish uh, that in less than four years for myself. Right. So I was able to scale up because of that. So it was a paid program. Um, just like, why did you decide to, to pay the money for it? Because this is something that I talk about all the time is that, you know, a lot of times we're cheapskates when it comes to investing in ourselves. And, uh, um, you know, it, it took me a while to hire a coach, but I had so many people just really push me to do it. And now I've, I spend over six figures a year on coaching and mentorship. Um, so what is it that made you decide to spend the money on, on that versus just trying to, cause I mean, you can find information on YouTube. You can do every, like, why did you do that versus YouTube or anything else? Because when you have somebody who's done it over and over and over again, so this this individual, his name is Andrew Holmes, he he um, had done over 400 flips and he had like 200 rentals or something like that. So in my mind, I'm like, A, I want to get it done fast. Like, I don't want to 
you know, watch YouTube because by the time you watch YouTube and I've done that before in the past where you try to do something and you, and you freeze when you get to actually taking action. Right. So when you have somebody support, you feel a lot more confident in making decisions. You have something to bounce somebody off of. Right. And I didn't personally did not have any, I put the whole thing on a credit card because I just, I know I had no money of my own, but, um, but I personally could not even I would I didn't want to lose any money on a deal because I didn't have any money to lose on a deal. So I knew that somebody kind of watching my first couple of deals would be priceless to me. And that's where that's what turned out, because usually what I hear from other people is that you people who get into real estate, if they lose money on their first or second deal, they're never coming back to real estate again because they're so turned off by it. And it's just that you have to do it the right way. It really, really works, but it just needs to be done the right way. So just kind of that support and that confidence is why I felt that I was the right thing to do. And I go a lot with my gut. So that's what my gut was telling me to do. And it was the first time I ever paid that kind of money to, um, to anybody. Um, but ever since then, like anything that I do, like I recently, um, you know, last year I wrote a book called Diaries of a Female Real Estate Investor, kind of my journey. And, um, you know, my, and I have case studies of my properties and stuff. And Although I wrote the book 100% word for word, I still hired a coach to make sure that I was, you know, the chapters made sense and and I was placing things in the right place and all that sort of stuff. So I've learned now that um, having the right coach is a great investment and can take you a long way. Yeah, no, that's great. Do you mind just sharing? I mean, are you, are you, would you be okay just sharing what uh, what you spent on that coaching system the first time? Yeah, I spent twenty twenty two thousand dollars. $22,000. You guys get that? $22,000. Most people have heartache on that. But the reality is $22,000. How much? And here's the other piece. Could everybody figure out how to do that? Whatever they taught you. Could, could you have figured that out on your own with YouTube? Absolutely. Did you speed up the process and get pushed to do the uncomfortable thing? For the 22000 like how much did that $22,000 make you, right? <laughs> right. I mean, multi-million dollar portfolio, right? So, and the other thing is, even if I learn from YouTube, who's going to give me 100% financing? Right. You know, most hard money lenders give you 90% of purchase, 100% of rehab. I didn't even have the 10% to come down for my first deal. Now I do, but, you know, back, back then I didn't. So things kind of just fell in place for me, I think, at that time. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. So as we're kind of getting towards the top of the, the hour here, I'm curious um, if you had to do it over again and, you know, as you, you've written your book and we'll give you a chance to share with, with all of our listeners how, uh, how they can reach out, how they can get, get, you know, information on that. What are a couple things that you would say to the first, to the person that's thinking, okay, I need to get into investing. I've been doing real estate for a long time, all the other stuff, but now I need to start buying my own properties and really build a portfolio. What would you say are the first steps that people need to make? I think the first step is two things people need to work on. One is their mindset, right? Like, I think that's really, really important because I think your success is based on how your mind thinks. So like what the, for those people who are like, oh my God, $22,000, you know, um, you have to look at it as an investment. You have to also believe in yourself. That is like, that is very, very important. You cannot give up because real estate investing is not easy, but it works. So, you know, let's just say you put in 10 offers and you don't get a property. You can't be like, oh, this doesn't work. You know, I'm not, I'm going to quit. 
Um, I've, I've been around a lot of investors, a lot that have succeeded who have 30, 40, 50 rentals. And then, and then there's ones that don't, and I, 90% of the time, it's nothing but their mindset. The second thing I think that uh, somebody needs to focus on is what area investing do you want to go into? Do you want to do rentals, Airbnbs, uh, you know, multifamily? Like, I think a lot of people focus on too many things and get confused. So to me, if you're newer and you want to start, I would say personally, start with single family homes or um, units for and under to begin with, and then work your way up. Uh, single family ones are usually the lower price points. They don't have HOA fees. You don't have to deal with a lot of that other stuff when it comes to condos and things like that. So start with that and then figure out from there. Do at least five. Do five single family rentals and then decide where you want to go from there. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, last question that I have for you um, would be like, what do you, so we're in an area, the DC area, right? Average price point here is, is half a million or more. We can find some some smaller properties. But what would be your take? Obviously, you're starting to invest out of your area now. Um, would you say you're, you're saying well-priced homes? Would you have ever started outside of your area if you were in the DC area or would you have bought locally first? I think locally first because you just know your areas better than others. So I'll give you an example. So I don't invest my most of my portfolio is in B areas. So I take a, a real hot suburb, um, uh, you know, and then I look around it to see the pockets of other suburbs that are like B. They're next to an A, but they're B. That's your bread and butter areas because that's where more tenants are going to be. Your your area A areas are going to be mostly homeowners. You're not going to get too many people who want to rent in those areas. So. Um, uh, so that's kind of what I do is I strategize based on that. And then once you get good at what you're doing, then I recommend you venture out to other areas because a lot of the investing, uh, I know there's a lot of people who invest in, from, from different states and that's totally cool. So you should all, you should either know people who live in that area who can tell you, okay, this, this street is a good street or this suburb is a good street and this isn't. Because like in the city of, like the actual city of Chicago, you could literally drive two blocks down and it's not an area you want to invest in right but not two blocks before that is a great area so if you don't know your area that well you can get yourself into a lot of mess or get the wrong type of tenants things like that so you know i'll give you a quick example i just got into doing my first airbnb and it's in a suburb that's that actually i live in and there's i live in an a you know area suburb but i bought a house um on not like a main main street but like like where it's main street but not as busy and my mentor was like why would you buy a house on a street that's main street and I was like because I'm, I want to Airbnb it so he's like okay that makes sense so you have to kind of like you know you don't want to for Airbnbs you have to be careful because if you have nosy neighbors they might complain complain they see constant people going back and forth and they don't like it right but maybe something that's you know, on a main street, people don't really pay attention to. And so that property that I am Airbnb, um, the location I picked out because I know there's two malls close by, there's a convention center close by. And that one's cash flowing me about 3000 net 
net after all expenses. I even have a property manager on that every single month. So I'm kind of taking certain areas. I might take some of my rentals and convert them into Airbnbs just because the cash flow is just so much more massive there. But you won't, you can't do that on every property. It, uh, you got to use the right strategy to do it. That's great. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, how can people get in touch with you and talk about your book? And, you know, as we're starting to wrap up here, how can people get in touch with you and learn more about what you're doing? Sure. So my book is on Amazon. It's called Diaries of a Female Real Estate Investor. Um, you can search it and you'll find it there. I also have a website called, uh, it's a website Farah Ali. So F-A-R-R-A-H-A-L-I, FarahAli.org. On my website, there's information on my book. I also have a course um, that I offer for people who are getting into real estate investing, uh, because I feel like you have to have a strong base and foundation before you, you know, actually get into, into the depth of real estate investing. It's called Getting Primed for Real Estate Investing. So that's also on my website. Um, and then you can email me at rei at farahali.org. I'm also on Facebook. Uh, just if you just type in my name, you should be able to find me, Farah Ali, and Instagram as well. That's awesome. Well, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for all the insight, guys. I hope that everybody listening um, decides to go out there, crush it, get done what you need to do so that you can win in real estate. Wealth is definitely having your money work harder than you do. So uh, remember, it's important to get there. So Farah, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. I hope you have an incredible rest of the day. And uh, guys, reach out to Farah if she can help. Have a Thank good day. Thank you, Chris. All right. Thank you guys, bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Uncommon Real Estate. Subscribe to the podcast to stay up to date with the latest mastermind conversations from Chris, Jeff, and other uncommon real estate industry leaders. If you love this podcast, please write us a review. And to fast track your real estate career, go to chriscraddock.com.